Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods, in whose hand are the depths of the earth, the peaks of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for it was he who made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as at Meribah, as in the day of Massah in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me, They tried me, though they had not seen my work, or though they had seen my work, excuse me. For 40 years I loathed that generation and said they are a people who err in their heart and they do not know my ways. Therefore I swore in my anger, they, truly they shall not enter my rest. Let's pray. Father, let me say what you want me to say right now. And we open our hearts and we ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 95. Before I go on too far, if you keep your Bible open, you'll see this. For 40 years, verse 10, I loathed that generation. Man, oh man. That's something I never want God to say about me. I don't want God to simply tolerate me. I wonder if there are some churches or some pastors and pulpits that he's just kind of being patient with. And I'll stand before God for my ministry just as other people who have been criticized will stand before God for their ministry. It's not my job to criticize them. All I know is what I want to hear is, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear, oh, I loathed your ministry. You know, all 25 years of it. But come on in because my son paid for a year. You see, these folks, these folks who died out in the wilderness, they were believers. At the end of Exodus 14, they believed God. But they had trouble being obedient to God's voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. He says this in John chapter 10, verse 16, and also in verse 27. My sheep hear my voice. And this psalm is very well known for being the psalm that the writer of Hebrews quotes from in Hebrews chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 4. Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts as they did at Meribah and Massah. So Meribah was in Exodus 17, verse 7, when they're quarreling, they're complaining, God's brought us out here to die, you guys know the story, and Moses is told to strike the rock with his staff, and when he does that, water gushes out from the rock, and they're all happy, but he says, name this place Meribah, because they're quarreling with me, and name it Massah, uh, M-A-S-S-S. A-H, for testing. This is where they, they like tried the patience of God, this, this time of testing. Years later, that whole generation is not allowed to go in the promised land. That's the rest that's being talked about in this psalm. 
It's not talking about whether they get to go to heaven or not. It's talking about, look, God's got more for you. God has better for you. It's better than what you dreamed. It's better than what you can imagine. And your unbelief will keep you from entering in to the better, the more that God has for you. And so today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't close up and say, no, no. And this is what happens. See, faith is when we hear from God and then we obey what he tells us to do. Romans chapter one calls it the obedience of faith. And it's, 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 it's where faith receives, it doesn't achieve. But faith receives from God and then does the thing that God tells it to do and you step out in faith and almost always you'll meet some sort of resistance. There's Galatians 3, verse 5, even talks about, uh, did he who worked miracles among you do, do it by the keeping of the law or the hearing of faith? And so faith hears from God and then it shows that it true, you, you truly believe or the faith really believes in that you carry out and you do what God tells you to do. And you guys have all experienced this. Some of you don't know that you have. My friend John Wallace wrote a book and he said, you already hear from God. It's just we've been told so many times in reformed evangelical circles that God no longer speaks. And so even if he does speak, a lot of folks are afraid to tell it. On a Wednesday night, I was talking about some of these things a couple of years ago. This lady came up to me afterwards and she said, you know, years ago I experienced and I had to have been the presence of God. And she started telling me everything that was happening. And, and she says, do you think that is real? And I said, yes. And she says, well, I told my pastor at the time and he told me, oh, no, that couldn't have been God, but it might have been the devil. And it's and, whoa, time out. The question is, when you felt whatever God let you feel or you heard whatever God let you hear, did it make you want to serve Jesus more, the obedience of faith? Or did it want you to did it kind of tell you to? You know, leave your family and all that. You see, if, if it's telling you something to do that's not in the, in the written word, then you know it's not of God. And you can silence those voices. Isaiah 54 verse 17. No weapon formed against us or prosper. Oh, silence every voice that rises against us. We do not have to listen to those voices. At the same time, we need to be sensitive to hear from God. Who's speaking, and this is the new covenant that we're celebrating today. In the new covenant, the law is not written on tablets of stone. Where is the instruction of God written now in the new covenant? On the heart. Not on the printed page. See, what what we've done and what I did for years was say, oh, well, I'm now in the New Covenant. And now, see, these 27 books, that's the New Testament. That's the New Covenant. And what I did is I took law that was on stone and I just confined it to a printed page. That's not what the New Covenant is, Jeremiah 31. It's written on the heart. See, what I'm talking about is the immediate... Speaking of God to you. 
And I'm telling you, this is where some of you said, I don't know why, but something told me I was supposed to go to that person. I was supposed to give them the cash in my wallet. Do you think I'm crazy, pastor? And I'm like, no, please do that to me if he ever tells you. Just kidding. You know that God has told you before to turn around, take that overpass, go back to that overpass, go back and pull up to that car that was on the side of the road. Some listened and some didn't. I don't want my wife to do that. If she's out by herself, no. God doesn't put us purposely in danger. So call me and make me go or something like that. So we're not talking about putting God to the test and being irresponsible. But do not harden your hearts like they did. At that day of testing and quarreling. And grappling with God rather than hearing with faith and doing what he says to do. Skip forward. You know, where's the next uh, uh, Massah or Meribah? It's years later. Moses is out there with them. And now they come. They're thirsty again. And now they start complaining all over again. So it's not Exodus 17, verse 7. Now it's Numbers chapter 20. And what does God tell Moses to do? He's got the law. He's got the tablet. But God tells Moses to do something. He tells him, go and speak to the rock. And if you know this story, what Moses does is he goes, how long do I have to put up with all of you rebels? And he takes the stick or the staff in his hand. He doesn't speak to the rock. It's not the obedience of faith where you're supposed to hear from God, the hearing of faith, and then the obedience. Do what God told you to do, Moses. It's worked out great so far. So what's Moses do? He strikes the rock. Not one time, but how many times? Twice. And God, in His grace, lets water still come out of the rock. But what happens to Moses? Moses, because of that moment, is not allowed into the rest, R-E-S-T, that God has. I know, you know, I'm going to make a play on words here for a second. I know we think of rest like this, ah, rest. But what if we thought of, of the the rest that's to come? You know what I mean? Like God's got more. That's my play on words right now. Moses does not get to go into the promised land. Why? Because he did not obey and it wasn't the law that he disobeyed. It was the hearing of faith. It was that immediate revelation. We don't know if Moses heard a audible voice, if he saw a picture in his thinking, or if it's just something he knew to do deep down in who he was. And what the printed page tells us is today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't put God to the test like they did. Learn from their mistake. Remember Romans 15 verse 4? All the things written in previous times have been written for our instruction. So that we might have hope. And part of my uh, complaint, so to speak, is for years I was just told that there was a new covenant. I wasn't really told what the new covenant is or what it was. 
So Jeremiah 31 talks about it, but Ezekiel 36 talks about it too. Do you remember Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27? I'll remove your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. See, God's not going to remove, uh, take his instruction from that was on the two tablets of stone and now put it over here on a stony heart. He's not going to, he etched it over here with his finger. He's not going to now do that on a stony heart. It's already been on tablets of stone. Follow with me. He needs a, he wants a heart that he can communicate with and speak to and touch. A heart that hears from him. And in the Jewish mind, the heart was the very core of the existence. So we get that word from core and heart. They all point back to the same exact thing. This is the goal of the Bible. I know I'm going fast right now. And I know I'm saying a lot. You need to know if you don't know me that I believe this book is inspired by God. I absolutely do. But this book tells me of another way God communicates to me. It's the new covenant. It's always been God's goal. So in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6, God says, I'm going to circumcise your heart. I'm going to remove all of that that shouldn't be there so that your heart can hear from me and respond to me. Hearing of faith, obedience of faith. You follow me? And later, same chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 30, that's verse 6. Then in about um, 11 through 13 or 14, he's saying, you're not going to have to say, where's it in heaven to go get it? No, the, the word's going to be near you. In your mouth, it's going to be on your heart. So what would you do with the sermon today? Well, do you pay attention when God's speaking to you? Or do you let some preachers and folks and pulpits and people that you see on TV or here on podcasts or radios, you let them say, no, no, that doesn't happen anymore. That doesn't. And when God's been speaking and telling us to do some things, our obligation now is to do it no matter what testing happens. You will meet resistance. God tells you to do something. And sometimes, I'm sorry to say it, the resistance can come from right within your own home. And sometimes it can come from right within your own church. We went and saw the chosen at the theater. And you just see all the resistance that Jesus is getting right there from his own. The very people he's sitting at the table with. And isn't that the way that it often happens? So the rest in verse 11 is not talking about heaven. It's talking about the promised land. So when you get into Hebrews chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 4, uh, don't harden your heart because God's got more for you. Don't fail to enter into the rest that God has for you. See, Moses wasn't allowed into the land, but we know Moses absolutely was allowed into heaven and is there to this day. How do I know? Well, Hebrews chapter 11 talks about him. He's the whole chapter of faith. They heard from God and they did what God told them to do. When Jesus appears in the transfiguration, who is there with him? And Elijah, Moses and Elijah are there. 
So Moses doesn't get to go into the land. Why? Because God was teaching. Man, and don't miss the point. To me, that's a big deal. Moses didn't get to go in. I don't want to miss the point of that story. Jesus paid for this. To me, that's a really big deal. I don't want to miss the point of Jesus giving his blood for us. Yes, it was to forgive you of your sin, but it was also to sign the deed, the testament, the will and the testament. It was to sign the new covenant. So I probably will have to come back to this next week, right? Oh man, do I have more to say. Do you guys have five more minutes? Adam got direct revelation from God. He gives it to Eve. That's indirect. So guess which one Satan comes at? Eve. And what does he come at her with? The temptation of, are you going to obey God by faith? Or are you going to try a whole different way? A different way. A way suggested to you. So she gives in and she gives to her husband who had direct revelation. That's why God holds him accountable. This is why Romans 5, that first Adam, death reigned through him. Sin, death, all of it comes through him. Because he had direct revelation from God. And this is the whole temptation, by the way, of our lives, just so you know. Are we going to go with what God tells us to do? And that's an act of faith. Or are you going to go some other way? You're going to, this is the whole lifeline right now. What I'm talking about is God communicating to your heart in the new covenant. Are you going to listen and carry out what he tells you to do? So that, that first Adam falls, God raises up Jesus. Praise the Lord. A new Adam, right? Cause Israel didn't listen. They were supposed to listen. They, they hardened their hearts. They hardened their hearts. They didn't listen. Okay? So God raises up Jesus. And he gets baptized with the Holy Spirit. He goes into the wilderness. And what does Satan do? Satan tempts him to do what? Go a different route. Go a different route. And you know the whole thesis, so to speak, of that temptation narrative of Jesus. Which is, man shall not live by bread alone. But what? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's Deuteronomy chapter 8. See, what's important about that, this is in the law. And God is saying, look, I want you guys to follow what I tell you. Every word that comes from my mouth. I want you to listen to what I tell you to do. You see, and this is where we are. And not, But we got a bunch of Christians who are not listening for the voice of God. I've got my idea of what a worship service should be, but I really want what God wants it to be. Does that make sense? And so what I've noticed when I start praying for people is sure I've got my ideas of how I ought to pray for them. But while I'm praying, I have learned to slow down and say, okay, God, what do you want me to now say or pray? And I am just telling you, I would love for you guys, if you haven't, to start experiencing what I get to experience and the person gets to experience. And this takes some time. I'm just telling you, it takes some time to slow down when you're praying for someone and to allow there to be a moment of silence, which can feel like 30 minutes to you, but it's really like three tenths of a second, probably. And to say, okay, Lord, what? And you just to go, you know, 
I feel like God would have me say or have me pray this. And man, oh man, the way that starts touching people's lives when you start doing that. What we have done in our day since the Reformation is we've confined, many have confined the voice of God to a printed page. So I don't want... When the Bible says things, this we'll come back to next week because I need to be able to support it from this printed page of the inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God that's profitable for rebuke and teaching and everything else to support that what this is actually pointing to is that we do not give in to the great temptation. The great temptation, don't miss this, is when rather than you listen to what God has told you to do, sometimes He puts it on your heart like a ton of bricks. Sometimes it's a dream you have in the night. Sometimes you might hear a voice. I don't think you're crazy if you tell me you heard a voice. Especially when it lines up with this. The great temptation is which tree are you going to eat from? Are you going to eat from the wrong tree? It comes down to whether we're going to hear and obey God's voice. We're going to seek to listen to some substitute. So these other verses are really, really good verses. I'm just going to have to share them next week. The Word of God creates. It sustains. It guides. It warns. This is what the Word of God does. God said, let there be light. There's light. And when God tells us to do something, He creates things, ideas in our lives. Then He equips and He guides us through all these things. So I'll just close with this story. We took Camden to lunch after we got out of here, dinner, whichever it was, on the time. And she was telling us a story about how when she was, you know, like, 20-ish or 21, and she had met Brian, who's now her husband, and she was really thinking about going to a very well-known Christian school, a private Christian college, that if I said the name of it, all of you would probably know the name, know of it, and Brian was eating lunch with her, and he's saying, you're not supposed to go, and she was like, "It, it made no sense to her, she said, everything logistically made sense. No, I am supposed to go. I'm going. And he said, Brian did this. He said, excuse me for a second. And he, here's the table over here. And he says, is your name, and I'll just make it, is your name Stan? The guy was like, yeah. He said, do you have two daughters? One is named this and one is named that. Yeah. Are they in this grade and that grade? And he goes, I was like, yeah, who are you? And, and Brian turned back to her and said, see, I'm hearing from God right now. You're not supposed to go. She said, so I stayed. <laughs> they ended up getting married. And God has just blessed her with this amazing ministry. The school she was supposed to go to, they caught the president of that school doing all kinds of things, with all kinds of stuff that shouldn't be happening. A big, major scandal, major fall. You can study the printed page all day long, and God knows that I do. But there's also a time 
when God is telling us from the printed page, I want you to hear my voice. And I don't want you to harden your hearts as they did at Meribah and Massah. So today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. I know I've kept you a little bit long today. Um, Lord willing, we'll come back to this more next week. Does that make sense? And we'll have the doors open between now and the class at 2 p.m. if any of you want to get lunch and come back. So let's just close in a word of prayer. And then those of you who got the words, if you all would come back up and just stand up here uh, after we dismiss. And just want to give people an opportunity uh, to receive prayer before they go. I hope you're glad that you came to worship Jesus today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, again, I hope I've said what you want me to say. We want to thank you for this time of fellowship together. And I pray, Lord, for more time to be able to support with Scripture the things that I'm saying. But, oh God, would you speak to us. God, would you give us hearts sensitive enough to hear. And then, Lord, would you supply all the grace that we need to obey even in the face of resistance. We thank you, Jesus, that you did not cower to resistance, but that you modeled to us what it was to truly walk by faith. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.